Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. The number, if you want to join us, you can just call this number at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Aria. And Bonnie. So, for listeners that might be new to the program, Aria... You're trans. I am. And we don't talk um, about that on purpose necessarily to throw it in people's faces. But for folks who are watching... Right, it's just a thing, right? Yeah, but for people who watch the feed, they probably know that. And people who listen on the radio might not necessarily know because you can't see the radio. Um, But every now and then you come across some ridiculous story uh, that the quote-unquote community... Is capital what, is that the what they call it? The collective. Commu- oh, the collective. Oh, yes. The collective. <laughs> and capital. Do, yes. Collective. They do capitalize the C when they refer to this collective. Evidently, it's this homogenized group of LGBTQ people who all have to think exactly the same way. And you are not apparently a member of this this group. I, they I don't like you at all because you think for yourself, you're an individual, and uh, and they don't like that. Now, to give you an idea of the, this story I have, it's being praised from most of my trans and LGBT friends. They're like, this is wonderful. This is the Are best Are they in new- the collective? Yes. Okay. And I'm just like, how, how, how could you possibly say that this is a good thing? This, this is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. So let's get into it, right? Yeah. Well, I know why they're <laughs> saying it's a good thing. The headline is they're getting a UBI. Yeah, but that's not, that's, that's not good. They're giving- That's I, free money. I mean, who, who could say that's bad? I, I can. People with only short-term visions. People who don't understand monetary policy and inflation and things like that. But still, well, it still benefits all them. All of that aside, it's just it's a way of incentivizing people for certain behaviors. That's definitely going to be true about mm. this. So, what, let, yeah, let's get a summary of, of what the proposal is and where this is happening. So it is Palm Springs, California. It's a city that mm. is planning to give... A universal income to transgender and non-binary residents. And when I say that, I mean only to transgender and (laughs) non-binary residents. If you're not transgender or non-binary, you don't get a UBI in this California city. How easy would it be to just register somewhere as non-binary like you wouldn't have to change anything about your life and just be like that's how i feel non-binary can we define i mean if it's possible to define non-binary i don't know what non-binary means it means that you feel like you lie somewhere on the spectrum of gender but you don't identify a hundred percent with female or a hundred percent with male and i get the idea but all i'm saying in this instance is it's so easy to tell the government you're that oh i'm 99 percent female I have this male 1% streak or like male tendencies. That's how I feel. 1% streak. So please give me UBI. That's another really good point. Like it's really not the city's business whether or not I'm trans or non-binary or cis or anything, right? Well, you would think. I've never told the city of Keene, hey, I'm trans, by the way. Can, Can I get special treatment or different treatments? It's obvious. But I've never called attention to it. I've never filled out any sort of form saying I'm trans or non-binary. You can oh do that God. here at the DMV. They're wow. gonna, you're going to be able to do it in the but city of Palm Springs here as well. Did they say how much it was? Did you already say that part? Not yet. Okay. What is the this is, point By the way, of, universal basic income. I don't know if we said that. That's what UBI well, stands yeah. for. Yes. Sorry. Uh, go ahead, Bonnie. What is the point of, like, if, if somebody wanted to sign up with the DMV as trans, what is the point of that? Or, well, I don't think you can actually sign up with the DMV as trans. It's X, right? Yes. You, oh, you can oh, get a non-binary marker or a unspecified it's marker X-gender. of X. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
And they do have uh, gender change forms that you can have your doctor or whatever sign off on and have your gender changed. Mm. And uh, but do they don't make a form any from a doctor for an ex, or can you just be I don't an know. ex? I, I would imagine you could just be an ex, right? Didn't you do a gen- did you do a gender change on yours? Didn't you do something? I this? have the paperwork, but that requires actually going to the DMV. And the last time I did that, they're like, no, you need this other paperwork. And I was like, okay. Of course, that's so, what they yeah. always say at the DMV. No, yeah. It doesn't matter what you're trying to do. You never have everything right. Then the FBI woke me up one morning and that all of that That'll just sort of got the, put yeah. on the back burner. It yeah. wasn't very... Not a, not not uh, critical. Yeah. Going to the DMV for any reason that isn't critical is just like, why even do that? Yeah. Well, I do have to go at some point this year, mm. but I'm not in a hurry to do it. So there, so Palm Springs, California is giving $900 per month whew, to trans and non-binary residents. No strings attached. Damn. I wonder if there's a people limit. Like, what if 100% of people register as, as this for the 900 bucks a month? There's going to be some then? sort of budgetary limit. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they can't take on more than X thousands or whatever. They have $200,000 set aside for this. I don't know what That's that comes out to, lot. but hmm. it's, it seems like roughly 200, I would guess, people. So, the city stated that the program is only for individuals who meet a poverty threshold. <laughs> Wait a minute. But that, that's, that conflicts with what they just said. Hold on. $200,000 if... If it's $900 a month, that's only 222 people for one month. Mm. I assume so. I assume they've set aside $200,000 each month. Okay. I'm assuming yeah. so. The article doesn't specify. Because if that's just for the whole like year or whatever, that's not going to be a lot of people. It also says that the city stated that the program is only for individuals who meet a poverty threshold, but none of that was hinted anywhere else. Mm. And it says otherwise that solely for identifying as trans or non-binary, they'll receive this UBI. Okay. There's way less people in Palm Springs than I would have thought. Just because it's California, I assumed it would be huge, but its population is 47,000. Yeah, it's one of those towns that I've actually heard of. In fact, I believe we were on the air in Palm Springs. The station there ended up going, well, they're kind of back, but I don't think we're on it at this time. So we have been heard in Palm Springs. Nice. They used to be a weeknight affiliate. Former San Diego City Councilman Carl DeMau, a Republican who served as the first openly gay member of the city council, called the program outrageous and discriminatory. <laughs> I mean, I tend to agree with him on that. It, it is, by definition, discriminatory. If you're yes, like, oh, these trans and non-binary people, they're, they're incompetent. They can't take care of themselves, so we have to give them $900 a month in order for them to survive. Well. I mean, are they actually saying that? Because that's what a UBI is, right? A, you know, it's a basic income because you you can't provide for yourself or whatever, so you need a constant helping hand. Well, especially I don't think that's... when it's not a hundred percent of the population that calls you out as like people who need help because they can't take care of themselves. I, I get that you guys are interpreting it that way, but I don't think that they would necessarily pitch it that way. Oh yeah, uh, you know, they're not going to say that we're giving you this money because you can't take care of yourself. They're saying that their pitch would basically be, hey, you're a human. You have a right to live. You have a right Okay, so give me the rights and keep your stupid money, right? You have a right to survive. You have a right to shelter. And so we, the city of Palm Springs, we have this taxpayer money and we are going to give it away in the way that we see fit. And we think that trans people and non-binary people have more rights than everyone else. Yeah, see, and that's the part that I think is discriminatory, right? 
Oh, absolutely. It's discriminatory for sure. <laughs> We're completely opposed to guaranteed or universal basic basic income programs because they ultimately cause inflation and raise the cost of living on everyone. They don't work, Demal said in a statement. And, you know, I tend to agree with that, but none of that is really my issue with this. My issue with this is that it directly incentivizes people for for identifying as trans or non-binary. Yes, mm-hmm. it will. All they have to do is fill out some <laughs> form with the city council and here's your free $900 every single month. But That's at it. least... But at least some of them have minimum income requirements to qualify, whereas this one is no strings attached, quote, woke virtue, virtue signaling to the LGBT community in a way that is not only offensive, but discriminatory. Well, continued. maybe they also want migrant uh, migrants. You know, there could be people who are uh, trans in other communities in California that will now move to Palm Springs. So not only will it incentivize people in Palm Springs to begin identifying as trans or non-binary, but it may also incentivize people to go ahead and move there true they may have to cut it down from 900 to like 500 or something well i mean it's stupid right 20 there are 20 transgender and non-binary palm springs residents this this two hundred thousand dollars thing this affects 20 whole people in this entire city if if the two hundred thousand is just for a year then 18 and a half of them can get this (laughs) wow uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. If you want to weigh in, 603-283-6160. Your thoughts on UBI? Because UBI is a, a much bigger pitch than just this. This is just a, a recent experiment with it. There's more on the way. This is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Phones are open here. You can join us at 603-283-6160. Ian, Aria, Bonnie here with you tonight. The number is 603-283-6160. And coming up in a few months from now, June 27th through July 3rd, you'll be able to join Free Talk Live and others at ForkFest 2022. It's the sixth annual ForkFest, which is the decentralized camping festival for libertarian types in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire at Rogers Campground. It happens the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which, as I understand it, is just about sold out uh, at this point. ForkFest is nowhere near as uh, as well attended. It's a newer event, and it's decentralized. So. Well, it hasn't been that well attended thus far. True. We, we have no idea what it's going to be like this year. We never do. <laughs> never have any clue because uh, there are no tickets that are sold for ForkFest. The only way that you can attend is just by showing up. Was, you can... was last year the biggest one? I didn't hear that about it last year. No, I think the biggest one was probably uh, ForkFest 4. Okay. Uh, the year before last. When, when is that FUD, where your band played? Yeah, where FUD played. I think mm. that was probably the biggest. Forkfest.party is where you can learn more about the event. All you have to do to attend is just go to Rogers Campground sometime between June 27th and July 3rd and walk around and meet people. And if you want to create a thing for people to do, you should do that too. This is for those folks who want to create a thing like, you know, maybe you want to cook for others or maybe you want to host a karaoke thing like Bonnie's saying she wants to do. Dude, that would be awesome. I've been exploring, looking into, you know, getting a band together to play again there this year. And it's, mm. it's looking like that's probably not going to happen because we can't find a singer. Mm. So someone doing karaoke or something like that, there would be tremendously popular. I hope so, because I love karaoke, but a lot of people I say I like karaoke too, they're like, oh, I could never. Oh, that terrifies me. And I don't get it because 
I love karaoke. There's a lot of people who love karaoke, and I don't think you'd have a problem. I know that during the Porcupine Freedom Festival, I have hosted karaoke on more than one occasion in the past, and it's always very popular. It's nonstop singers, uh, at least. Of course, again, there's a lot more people that go to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, but I recommend you attend both if you have time. Uh, Go to ForkFest.Party to learn more. Again, it's June 27th through July 3rd. We'll look forward to seeing you there. ForkFest.Party. So as we were looking, I I just went to pull up UBI. I just wanted to search the news and see what other UBI stuff might have been in the headlines. And as I was looking through the different options, I found that Reason.com has a story that is calling into question your piece. And where was yours? Was yours Fox? Fox News. So Fox News and others have been badly misrepresenting, apparently, what's actually happening in Palm Springs, where we were just talking about uh, possibly giving their uh, they're giving up to nine hundred dollars per month to anyone who simply identifies as transgender or non-binary with no strings attached. Well, to be fair, we knew something was off, right? Because the city was making the allegation that no, this is not just for you know you have to be below a certain poverty threshold or something. Where the article kept insisting it was it was for all trans people. There were no strings attached. So the article that we were reading, it did openly contradict itself well plus the numbers just didn't make any sense well to me the numbers didn't make sense because i feel like there are more than 18 at least more than 18 non-binary and trans people in palm springs i don't know i've never Uh, been there knowingly probably not i mean Mm. if you think that's they have roughly twice the population that keen does Mm -hmm. and i don't think keen has nine openly trans and non-binary people running around i don't know when i go to walmart i feel like I mean, you can't tell by looking at people, but there are so many like teenager boys and girls that dress like they're kind of like taking on aspects of both. You work with a demi girl. Is that a non-binary person? Yes. Okay. There's there's one. What is a demi? Uh, Demi literally means half, but I don't know if that's how she means it. And she goes by she. So there's that one. And then they're also not going to be registered with the city, though. Yeah, that's true. And then you, and yeah. then and then Matt, who has I think recently come out in that in that way. So I can think I can think of at least three. And, and a, I don't uh, know everybody in Keene. Person I, at my bank. That's right. There's four at least. So I think we may have more than than what but, you think. But I think Keene, for some reason, has um, a lot of people who are like LGBT in general. I think it's like college town thing. But this is California we're talking about. So that's why I just felt like 18 seems low. But I also thought the population was way bigger than it is. Well, here's what's actually happening, at least according to Reason.com. Because again, Fox News is misreporting this, but not just Fox. NBC in Los Angeles and Los Angeles Magazine are also offering confused takes about this. They say that what's really happening is the Palm Springs City Council has approved $200,000. So we got the number correct. For two local nonprofits looking to study and design a potential guaranteed income pilot program. Wow, so, it's nothing like what Fox News reported. This is actually cronyism. This is the state or the, the city of Palm Springs handing a huge contract to one of their buddies at the local, you know, uh, charities. To I mean, it's, them- open, it's openly cronyism as well because I don't think we got into it yet, but the mayor... Uh, Palm Springs is in fact a trans woman. Oh, who has now signed off on giving two hundred thousand dollars to trans advocacy groups in Palm Springs. 
her the, her buddies, her yep. direct buddies, the people who probably got her elected. Yep. Uh, the initial financial support from the city of Palm Springs will enable DAP Health and Queer Works to study best practices of successful initiatives nationwide. Well, has there been a successful UBI initiative anywhere? I think Ontario trying? kicked one out, but I don't think it worked. Conduct local research and gain local input to inform their design process. This is according to DAP Health in their press release. Palm Springs officials aren't off the hook for questionable decisions. Two hundred grand is a lot of money for a study group. Surely there are more important things the city could be doing with those funds. But the idea is the city is set to run its own guaranteed income program and that this program will give cash to non-binary residents regardless of need is simply wrong. So that has not happened yet, although that certainly is what they are intending to create, I think, with the help uh, or the suggestions of these local I don't know if you want to call them charities, interest groups. Well, I never thought Fox News was like the epitome of good journalism, but that seems really, really, really bad. They botched this even one for, for sure. them. Yeah, I figured if they're if they if Fox News has an article criticizing trans people, they're probably factually correct when mm. they do it, right? I, I was wrong. Uh, evidently, the mayor who is trans is not exactly a big fan of this. Mm. Huh. She expressed strong reservations in general to guaranteed income programs, saying I specifically stated that I did not believe such programs could scale up to adequately respond to the over 37 million Americans living below the poverty line and go on. And but did she, she vote for it is the question. It doesn't say. Like she could it, say it, it she's sounds skeptical. Like she didn't. Maybe okay. she was skeptical skeptical of some kind of like bill that they were talking about, but voted for the study group because you know that's the thing that politicians do. They're Hold like it says, my vote to affirm that evening was procedural to provide Yeah, so yeah, she voted mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. Yeah. So she's saying she's skeptical, but well, we should at least study it. Let's give two hundred thousand to my friends. <laughs> Transgender Americans suffer extremely high rates of under and unemployment, she said. Transgender Americans face enormous challenges living full and authentic lives. Hmm. So let's give them money. She didn't add that part, but that's what she's saying. And to me, I don't see the connection between those two things. Well, money always makes unhappy people happy, right? Not in my experience as a trans person. (laughs) No. 603-283-6160. You can join us here and share your thoughts. This is Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com It is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Turns out the city of Palm Springs is spending $200,000 of taxpayer money just to study 
the idea of launching a UBI, a so-called universal basic income, which, of course, as one of our uh, chatters pointed out, is not a UBI because, well, it's not universal. What they're talking about would be giving it only to trans and non-binary people. Uh, so if you want to weigh in on that, the number is 603-283-6160 as we go to your calls and thoughts. Well, I'm not sure the the city of Palm Springs has said, hey, no, we're going to study a UBI for solely for trans and non-binary people. I mm-hmm. think they're just interested in how would this affect how would it affect trans and non-binary people if we did have a UBI? Hmm. Uh, with the money city provided, this is according to Reason, the two local interest groups are working on a proposal that they will, quote, use to engage potential government and philanthropic financial underwriters for the project or the, for the pilot, unquote. There's no guarantee they'll succeed in getting the funding. The state of California is soliciting proposals for guaranteed income pilot programs, but the organizations have a long way to go before submitting their program for consideration. And while they have, quote, indicated their intent to prioritize support for local individuals who are transgender and non-binary, unquote, it's not clear what this will look like. Their current idea is to provide between $600 and $900 a month to people enrolled in the pilot program, but specifics have yet to be determined. So, yeah, maybe this will be eligible to other people besides just trans and non-binary not clear at this point it's not clear none of this has been very clear but the reactions to it have been interesting you know my reaction to it as someone who's who's principled and opposes things like ubis and you know rewarding people just for existing is you know this is a terrible idea but i have friends on the left who are like this is fantastic we need to see more of this and it's just fascinating to to me to see anyone LGBT or not, advocating that that we need this sort of nonsense. Well, that's not a surprise. I mean, whenever the government is going to dangle money out in front of people, there's going to be a large number of people who are going to say, yeah, give me a piece of that. I mean, that's what people think the government's there for, is to take care of them from cradle to grave. I I, I just think it's strange to be so for it for one group of people, even if you're part of that group. Like, I think it's weird to think, Everybody is really struggling right now with inflation, but in my group is getting $900 a month. Yeah, I like instead of wanting, you know, and, but the thing is, I know, I understand economics more than the average person, so I wouldn't want it to be given out to anyone because I know how sure. that would backfire. But if I didn't know that, I think it's weird to be like, yes, white people are getting $900 a month. Yes, we need more of this. Like, I, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I see what you're I'd saying. want everyone, you know? Well, that's what they, I'm sure they would say they want everyone to get it, but they're happy that someone is getting it because mm. they just love it when government gives that's out money. That's not the way to economics works, though. If yeah. everyone gets $900 a month, then the, the net result of that is that no one gets any money a month. <laughs> but they don't understand that, and yeah. that, that will get that politician more votes. But everyone gets poorer because of that because yes. but they do everyone not gets zero dollars per month but the prices still go up Correct. no matter how much you scream into the internet like me about the minimum wage not needing to be lifted people refuse to understand that 
like that's how I became a libertarian. Basically, I was arguing with my sister about Bernie Sanders on the internet. I was like, mm. "How could you possibly think this makes any sense?" And my friend was like making a lot of good points, and I was just like, "Where where do you get all your information? You're making a lot of sense." And he showed me like the foundation for economic education mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But even back then, I understood that it didn't make sense to raise the minimum wage, and there was absolutely nobody who listened to me and yeah. was convinced. It doesn't seem like it's that hard to really understand the idea like you're suggesting here. If everyone gets an increase, then that is going to be reflected in the prices of the things that you buy. Yeah, but not everyone gets the same increase. Like going back to the minimum wage, if Mm -hmm. you increase it to $12 an hour, I mean, that's good-ish for people who are making $8 an hour. It's less good for people making $11.50 an hour, and it's bad for people making $12 an hour because suddenly (laughs) that person who's making $12 an hour is a slot technician or something like that. I don't know what slot technicians are paying these days, but back mm-hmm. in 2007, that's about what they were paying. They're now making the same thing that your your cashier at CVS is working. So yeah. why would someone go through all of the certification, all of the training, all of the hoops necessary to to work as a technician for slot machines in a casino, which is highly regulated, yeah. highly specialized? And you've if, done that. If you can make the same amount of money working as a cashier at Walmart. Yeah, it's also insulting uh, from, like, even, you're talking about two different careers, but the people that are working at Walmart in, let's say, middle management, or they're a manager of a section or something like that, and they're making 15 bucks an hour, and then the minimum wage gets raised up to 15 bucks an hour, and they might get, you know, some sort of little bump up to, you know, 16 or whatever, but now the brand new employees are getting... 15 bucks an hour and you've been working there for 10 years and getting raise after raise after raise working your way up the chain and then you know that's a real insult and to say nothing about about the reality that walmart and all of these other companies in order to pay these increased wages whether whether people on the left realize it or not this is not coming out of ceo's profits or company Mm -mm. profits they're going to raise prices that's just the way it is for everyone across the board so that suddenly that person who was, you know, doing well off as a as a upper middle management or whatever just a few weeks ago is now suddenly paying the same ratio of his wages in groceries as the person who just started as the 16 year old pimply kid who just started working there pushing carts around. So why, Bonnie, do you feel like this is so hard to communicate to people? I mean, you've tried to do it because I think they just think. More money equals better, and that's mm-hmm. all that their brain can think. I yeah. can't think of another explanation because there is such perfect explanations for why raising the minimum wage is bad, and it's so easy for me to understand. And I'm not some super genius. I'm, I'm not, not an a economic expert, yeah, mathematician. But I get it. It makes sense to but me. But people, it's like they willfully don't want to understand that mm-hmm. it won't work. You said online, right? Yeah, online. I think that's the. I I don't think. Trying to reason with people online is particularly effective. Yeah, I haven't in done that in a long time. Yeah. But, but I suspect if you're sitting down with someone having this discussion with them, you would find it much easier to reach them, at least temporarily. Maybe. They they would probably go home that night and, and you know, sleep back. it off. And yeah, <laughs> I, I guess I've never really tried to talk about this specific situation with someone in person, except my sister, and she didn't want to hear it. But you know how my sister is; like she's willfully ignorant. Let's go to Sam. He's in Ohio. Sam, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on the UBI thing. This, to me, seems like a great reset pilot to me, like saying that they're doing it like the local level to end run around the federal and the state government who are not doing what they want quick enough. Mm. 
Yeah, it could very well be. And to go back to uh, an example of the big handout that they did, look at the giveaways during COVID, right? There was a, what, $1,400 check at one point, a $1,200 or something like that. Yeah, there was a $600, I don't remember. I think there was a $1,200 altogether. I don't think I got the $1,400. I think I just got the $612. Unless you bought Bitcoin cryptocurrency uh with that then that that's barely going to buy you a few tanks of gas at this point <laughs> you know that's a sad reality yeah but yeah. <laughs> yeah i filled up today it was like 55 dollars. so very frustrating you're a small car you mean no your red one? Oh. oh, i wouldn't consider the red one small oh i thought it, it just doesn't seem like a gas guzzler to me well it only has so many gallons in the tank Right. Yeah. Uh, it's also an eclipse. I mean, they're not gas friendly by hmm. any means. So, Sam, what else did you have to say about it? Go ahead. So, I was almost thinking that they basically, the whole thing about you'll own nothing and be happy, the fact that they'll do that by bribing people and giving them enough money to be basically be able to rent out clothes and food and transportation, whatever they put into the rental economy. Yeah, and this isn't even the first step. The first step is just welfare in general. Yep, and of course they're going to need the central bank digital currency in order to roll that thing out in the way they really want to be able to do it with total control over what people can and can't spend it on. Uh, Thanks, Sam, for the call. There's more coming up here in moments. You can share your thoughts with us here on Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and the phones are open. If you want to join us here, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And we are brought to you by Bitcoin.com. If you want to start learning about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, you can get over to Bitcoin.com. Click Get Started at the top of the page. Of course, there's a massive Bitcoin conference going on in Miami right now. I believe it started either today or yesterday, maybe. I was not aware. Uh, And I don't know how many thousands of people are attending this, but I heard there were several thousand, uh, if not as many as like 20,000 people last year attending this this thing. Is this a yearly thing where last year they had a a fraction of people break off and go to their own festival across the street that was called something different? The S-Coin conference was apparently nearby. Yeah, that's happening again, by the way, the S-Coin conference. Um, now, the reason they did that, if I recall correctly, was because the Bitcoin conference was full of maximalists who didn't want to even hear any discussion about any other cryptocurrencies. Correct. Yeah, that's that's my understanding as Makes well. Makes sense to me. Uh, Whenever I think of like maximalists, I think of that conference. Like It's those type of people that love that conference in Miami. I, I think there are people who are not maximalists who attend the conference, but sure. I get the, intention, I get the uh, impression that it is organized by people who are true Bitcoin believers who believe Bitcoin I would is the one go true to it. coin. I would want to go to the Bitcoin one if I had a chance to go to either one just because, like, Michelle Fawn, my favorite YouTuber, mm-hmm. she was a beauty YouTuber, and now she's uh, making videos about Bitcoin, hmm. is going to speak there. And last year they got to hear Ross Ulbricht from jail. Yeah, that's right. We played first that speech. interview. Well, it's obvious for, like, a YouTube streamer. Like, um, I've mentioned in the past that I watch this guy who does stream on YouTube. I don't watch his live streams, but I've seen his his streams, just not live at the time. And he's frequently being asked by commenters, hey, do you t- do you accept Bitcoin donations or anything like that? And his answer always is, no, I, I'm not interested. But the, the people who did say yes to that question, you know, five, six years ago, they are 
very happy <laughs> about looking into that. Absolutely. While these other people are just sitting there going, no, I don't feel like, dude, how, how far behind the times do you have to be before you're like, yeah, I'll install an app on my phone and hmm. post the address there for you if you want to give me some Bitcoin and I'll never do anything with it. Sure, but I'll have it there. And, and next thing you know, it's you know worth $45,000 or whatever. I know Edge Wallet is at the conference. They have a booth there, so nice. Edge, Edge obviously is a multi crypto wallet. So they're they're repping uh, their product there, which is uh, you know one of my favorites. So uh, I, I don't. Know, there's not much else to say about it. I did see that they have a bull. Did you see the images of the bull that they've revealed? I did not. So you know how oh, on Wall Street they've got that bull image that like the bull sculpture. as in El Toro as in. Of male cow. Yes, thank you. Bull. B-U-L-L. It just it keeps sounding like you're saying bull. That's what I thought Uh-oh. you were saying uh, today. See, I'm all, I always get confused, right? Uh, is the is the bull the good one? Like, the, yay, the yes. market's yeah. good. Okay. The I get bull. confused too. But. Okay, so somebody told me how you can tell the difference. So the bull, when it's like gouging you or whatever, it's 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 moving its head upward, right, is the okay. idea. And so therefore, stocks and or cryptos or whatever are going up. The bear... When it's slashing at you, is slashing downward, hmm. right? So from the top down. So therefore, a bear market is bad because the prices go down. Okay. So that's the difference between them. Is that why they they're called that? I think so. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they have now. So it's like it'd be easier to call it like an upward market or a downward market. I didn't set it up. So in uh, in Miami, apparently the mayor of Miami, he's like some Bitcoin maximalist or advocate or whatever. And he spoke, I guess, at the last one and probably has spoken at all of them. Um, now he's he's revealed this sculpture. So there's the old bull sculpture in Wall Street, which is sort of historic. I don't know how many decades it's been there for, but quite a long time. And now there's a new bull sculpture, which was revealed today in Miami, because Miami wants to be the Bitcoin city or whatever, which, of course, I suspect you're going to have a hard time actually spending Bitcoin in Miami if it's anything like every other city in the United States. I suspect you can't even buy stuff at this Bitcoin conference Mm. from most of the booths using cryptocurrency. Yeah, that's Mm. probably true. There's probably some who know how to use it, but from my experience with dealing with uh, Bitcoin maximalists and stuff like that, they have no idea how to actually transfer Bitcoin to a wallet. Hmm, Sad but true. Do you use the Lightning Network? Some of them do. Well, they they attempt to, but I'm convinced that they've never actually tried to use the Lightning Network. They know about it in theory. Some of them have just out of like a theoretical curiosity not to actually do anything with it, right? Like not to buy things. Well, I've bought things with the Lightning Network in the past. I I bought some pizzas and it was... um it was it was an experience. It, it was a multi-hour experience to order mm. two pizzas Oof. from Domino's. Now, to be fair, this was a couple of years ago, right? When you tried this, that's true. Yes, yeah. well, I mean, maybe it certainly wasn't within the last year. Yeah, maybe it's better by now. I, obviously, you and I don't know because we're not allowed to uh, to try these things because of our bail conditions with the Crypto Six case. That you can learn more about the Crypto Six dot com so they revealed this big giant bull sculpture thing and it's different than it's very different than the one that they have in wall street which is just you know bronze or whatever this one is very kind of newfangled looking new tech it looks like almost like a robot it looks like something you'd see in like a transformers movie it's very strange and aggressive you know of course it's a bull but sure um it's not very pretty well Well, that's it is what it is that's the 
number one screw up. Then I mean, if, if you're going to have public art, it needs to be pretty. Yeah, mm-hmm. you guys can see it for yourselves. Uh, the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. But I don't. You know, I'm sorry. Just because a mayor of a city likes Bitcoin doesn't mean that your city is a crypto city. Is this actually? Is this actually the bull? That's it. So if you if you doesn't Google, that look like it should be in like a Transformers movie? Looks like an action figure. Yeah. If you Google Miami Bull statue, it, it looks like it came out of some 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 video game. Yeah. It, it does. Yeah. Looks like a video game, a Transformer. So uh, Mark Falzon, who was on the show with us last week, we talked to him about the real-life Bitcoin cash acceptance going on but in St. Martin. I have to say I like it. I like the I mean, colors. It's interesting. It certainly is eye-catching. It, it will get people talking. I like that it's really shiny. Like I always like uh, skyscrapers based on if they're really shiny. Yeah, it's very newfangled. I mean, uh, it's not ugly. But if someone was like, hey, I got you this, like, thanks, I have a closet this can go in perfectly. <laughs> so uh, Mark Falzon, who told us a lot about what happened down in St. Martin and why they are like the top place on the planet for actual Bitcoin Cash real life acceptance. It's an amazing story. Uh, he is now going to Miami for this conference. And he was talking about how he wants to find out if there's actually any businesses nearby the conference that actually take Bitcoin I'm willing to bet the answer is no. And that's what I said to him. I said, you know, I went to Austin, which is supposedly this cool, hip city with this tech city, right, where they have uh, South by Southwest, this very popular tech conference every single year. That's what Austin's known for. It's like, ooh, it's hip. South by Southwest is a tech conference i thought it was just a it's music concert. it's tech it's like a bunch of different stuff and i've never heard of it I, th- I thought it was just like the liberal atheist hippie bastion in texas like keen is for new hampshire it is it but is austin's liberal. just huge i've never went to south by southwest because you can't even go to work those days like people will call off work because austin is way overpopulated it, compared to how small it is it's, yeah, it's hard to get around austin always has bad traffic anyway but and during south by southwest it's the worst of, of the year it's hard to get anywhere but uh anyway the when i was there i was there for a few days so i had time and i pulled up the coin map at coinmap.org and i went through every single food business on the map and i wanted to see if i could go get some some food Sure. Like, I wanted to spend Bitcoin. Like, I'm from Keene, New Hampshire, where I can go out and I could, in theory, uh, I had to spend gold back today because I can't spend Bitcoin, but uh, spend spend crypto on things like a, a fresh hot pizza or uh, there's Indian food. There was a, I don't know if the burger place is, is still taking it, but there was at one it's time. Unclear. And a fun noodle restaurant. A dentist. Uh, there's the a couple of mechanic. convenience stores. I was just thinking of the, you're right, but oh, also food. there's an ice cream shop. Uh, so lots of different places for a tiny little town take cryptocurrency. So I figured, all right, I'm in Austin, Texas. Surely there's one place that I can go and spend crypto. And this was probably no more than three years ago at this point. Nope, not a single one. Well, not even not one. Not a single one. Wow. There See, some that's really this- bad because there was that restaurant uh, near Rogers Campground, which is where Fork Fest yes. is held. You can find out more info at ForkFest.party. But there was a restaurant in a hotel there that... They took cryptocurrency. But the restaurant they, did, not the hotel. Yes. But they only ever had customers for that one week long right. period out of the year. Because ba- that was back before Fork Fest was a week long or whatever. I think it was just like three or four days long. But even right. for the, you know, just for that one weekend, it was worth it to them to accept cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. 
But it's not worth it for these businesses in Austin. No, they. Maybe I mean, it's just because no one asked them. I, it was never a conversation when I lived in San Antonio and went to Austin. Yeah. It was never a, a thought that crossed my mind. I never saw a sign for it. And none of my friends ever said, oh, I wonder if they take crypto. It's just not part of the conversation. Once it gets there, maybe people start asking as a company and the smarter ones will start accepting it. Maybe so, but then people still have to spend it. The number is 603-283-6160. So there were some businesses on the map, but they'd, they'd either gone out of business or stopped taking crypto entirely. Uh, there's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can join us here and bring up whatever you want to discuss. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. Aria. And Bonnie. Coming up, uh, Aria, you've got a story about someone banned from DoorDash as a customer. Not because not not because they're like doing something as a dasher that might be offensive. And it's also not because they're like tipping and then once their order gets delivered, they take back their tip. Apparently you can do that. I don't know because I've never attempted to. Nobody's ever done it to me, but I knew it was possible. So I didn't know it was possible. But she's not doing anything like that. We'll find out what she was doing allegedly here in moments to get her banned from the DoorDash app. And of course your calls and thoughts are welcome. We were talking a little bit about uh, the economy, inflation and such, and of course that's always in the news, and I had a related piece here about uh, shoppers cutting back. What are some of the things that shoppers are doing right now uh, to deal with the inflation situation? You're welcome to join us, though. We're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts to start things out here. Dan is in Nebraska. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Uh, thanks, you guys. Yes. And you know, I'm calling in mostly because of the first story you guys opened up the show with and honestly to me i i have to i do agree with your guys's take ultimately but the thing is is that i have nothing on principle against something like ubi but yeah i think the way that they want to hand it out based on identity it, it disappoints me because i think that these kinds of things ultimately are just going to foster ill will among you know some people 
you know, toward, towards those groups. So you don't oppose and, this uh, for any ideological reasons. You just think that if they were to give a, you know, $900 a month to people for being trans or non-binary, that it would make the cis people angry. <laughs> that, that's, that is actually kind of part of it. To be Well, honest. Dan doesn't have any principles from what I can tell. <laughs> no. Uh, so I, I actually do. Ian, I may listen, this is my moral system. I am a, uh, consequentialist and a rule utilitarian and i don't know what those, those two points well for for one i care mostly about i care more about you know what the consequences of my actions are and i that that's where i guess like that's where the motivation comes but from. you I, I advocated for war sorry to cut you off i'm just i'm in shock right now you care about the consequences of your actions but you advocated that we because, need to go to war in ukraine well because the consequences of doing that are better than the consequences of not doing it. I'm no, what you're doing the end, there is you know? weighing two hypotheticals. You, you can't you can't know what the consequences of not going to war are versus the consequences of going to war. And even after having gone to war, you wouldn't be able to say, okay, well, the this list of consequences is a direct result of this decision that we made. That's not the way the world works. We're constantly working in these gray areas where we don't know what the consequences will be. The best we can do is make a very short, very, very short-sighted, narrow-minded decision based on extremely simple cause and effect that doesn't seem to have that much actual relation to reality. So, Arya, does your moral system not rely on prediction, at least to some degree? Does it not rely on on having to having it, a- to- it absolutely does but i recognize that those are predictions made with extremely limited information and made by an extremely short-sighted individual like i don't i don't know that you know it's a it's a good thing that i didn't go on a killing spree today right that it seems to me based on the information i have available that that's a positive thing but for all i know if i had gone on a killing spree i would have killed the next hitler you know, we can't. We don't know what the actual yeah, the consequences are going to be. Hitler is so low, right? We're it's weighing so likelihoods low. against likelihoods, but we don't know what the actual numbers representing any of these things are. Maybe the actual the actual likelihood of there being a Hitler out there is a lot higher than you think. Maybe it's a lot lower. We have no idea. Well, we do know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on this limb and say that going to war usually results in more innocent people being killed than not going to war. That was going to be the point that I made. What we do know, next Hitler aside, is that if I had gone on a killing spree today, I would have taken people's lives. Mm-hmm. We do know that, and my moral code says that would have been wrong. Maybe some greater good would have resulted from it centuries from now, where you know someone's great great grandchild would have been the next Mussolini or whatever. <laughs> but you don't know. But we don't know. And whatever reason you have for going on a killing spree, it doesn't make it not going on a killing spree just because you call it war. Well, okay, so Ian, are you telling me that if an an ally who's a little bit more directly allied with us, like South Korea or Japan, us? was attacked Who, by say, North us? Korea, the United States? Well, that's not okay, me, bro. There. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, I don't make deals States, uh, if, to ally myself with you think governments. The US doesn't have it. So if North Korea attacks South Korea, we definitely have to get involved. Right? I don't no. have to get involved, and I would not get involved. No, it, it, don't you know that the founding fathers of the United States recommended against entangling alliances? Do you think there was a reason for that? Um, they could never have predicted what it would have been like in a world with nukes, in a world with 
you know, the Soviet What does that Union. have to do with anything? I disagree. They, they probably could have imagined these things, but what they never imagined was that the government would have nukes and the average person wouldn't, and that therefore the average person would have absolutely no ability to check the power of their government. Switzerland, mm-hmm. by the way, was neutral for many, many decades until just recently. I think they just like removed their neutrality to, to intervene, intervene in the uh, Ukraine situation in some way. But prior to that, As throughout throughout world, no, they shouldn't. Throughout world wars, they stayed put. They left uh, matters be, and they were fine. If you want to go blow things up and you want to go kill people, then by all means, you go ahead and do that. My moral system does not allow me to participate in acts like that. No matter what I believe the consequences are, my morals say you're only allowed to use violence in self-defense. But if you don't have those morals, then you go do what you want. And that's you just proved that he doesn't have principles by saying that principles mean you don't kill people if you don't want to kill people because of your principles that means you don't kill people you don't call it something else like war and then kill people and say i have principles well he could have principles that you know it's okay to kill people that could be his principle it kind of sounds like it is no i i have a really thought out ideology and i try to stay look i try to stay consistent with it i'm human sometimes i you know I go back and forth on things like everybody else. I think though so. I don't go I don't. back and forth on killing uh killing people. Simplicity and- is key. If you have a very simple to the core principle system, then you don't go back and forth on well, things. Well, this is the problem with being a utilitarian as he described himself. A utilitarian is someone who's only concerned with the ends. So a utilitarian says, like he was saying, oh, I go back and forth. Which way is going to result in the world that I want to see? Which way is going to result in... But he's in basing the- that on assumptions and false information. That's why he keeps going back and forth, because he doesn't have enough information or whatever. He changes his mind about well, no, what he considers when, when to the be the goal. Gets, when the information changes, my opinion is also liable to change, and I do change my mind on things. When right, but you are looking change. at what you want the ends to be, and so you will do whatever it takes to get to those ends, Right. Yes. Yeah. That's see, true. you have that's no morals. True. No, I. No, I do have morals, Ian. I mean, look. I see your I, point. Utilitarianism I, I, is directly counter, counter to having a moral system. Right. A utilitarian it's... will do whatever it takes to get to the ends that they've identified. Yeah. They'll kill whoever well, they no, need it, to no, kill. My, my my moral what I think is moral is alleviating suffering and harm reduction. Reduction. So if you could so do by that by. Harms, like Thanos or Thanos, whatever his name is in the Marvel movies, if you can do that by snapping your fingers and annihilating, just instantly vaporizing half of the half of all life form in the universe, would you do it? I mean, look, getting rid no, of no, 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 <laughs> yes or no? Are you really hesitating on yeah, that question, really dude? Are you really hesitating about whether or not you'd annihilate half of all life in the universe? No, I mean, look. You are. Yeah, he is. <laughs> the answer to that question is no. To, you know what? I'll be honest. I don't. If I had the glove, I don't think I would do it. But I don't know. I guess. Don't yeah, think, you would, bro. You don't think you would the do it? Well, well let's define like, like alleviating suffering. I I think that alleviate alleviating suffering for myself while hurting other people is meaningless. It doesn't alleviate no any suffering because is all people are connected in some way. And if I'm hurting other people to make myself in any way, shape, or form feel better, and that goes for people who think they are the United States, hurting other people to alleviate the United States' suffering does not alleviate anyone's suffering. All it does is cause more suffering. More coming up. 
Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about morals or the lack thereof. And Dan is still on the line. We're going to bring him back here in just a moment. But if you want to join us again, 603-283-6160. Ian Aria, Bonnie here tonight. Uh, we're Dan described himself. He's from Nebraska. He's been calling in regularly, although he's called the show for a very long time. Just recently, he's he's been calling a little bit more often, so we've been getting to know him a little bit better. Uh, but uh, he described himself as a utilitarian and a consequentialist. And a utilitarian, as I understand it, is someone who's... For them, it is the ends that is what matters, and they will take whatever steps that they are able, that they will support nearly anything, to get to those ends. As long as they believe that the ends are the best for society or for whatever their interests are. And Dan, I want to bring you back on the line here in uh, Nebraska I don't know if you had a chance uh, to respond or express yourself appropriately, so I wanted to go ahead and give you that opportunity. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I guess I, I appreciate that description. Like, um, I, I, would all, I would also say I consider myself to be a, a rule utilitarian as somebody who um, calculates the overall utility of having a particular rule or premise or you know, like moral principle, like you guys were saying, I don't have principles. My utilitarianism is based off of the uh, utilitarianism of each principle rather uh, than the uh, Hold on. I want to go back to these rules. Yeah, I, that wasn't clear on what yeah, a rule utilitarian is. So, exactly. so you, weigh, you weigh the cost and benefits of various policies and implementations, and, and you assign them some sort of numeric value, and you then do a calculation to determine whether or not that rule or that regulation or that whatever that policy has a result that is a number higher or lower than what you would like so you you take all of humanity and you you quantify it you assign numbers to things and actions and you say okay well if the number is greater than x then this is good yes I mean, effectively. Yeah. Wow, I could not understand a word of up. what you were saying, which is too <laughs> complex for me, Arya. But apparently, that exactly was what he he does. So how do you, you understood him. How do so you come up I, with these calculations? I I have to imagine you're just pulling them out of thin air. How could you well, it, generate? It, it depends on the issue. Go ahead. Okay, let's take the simplest issue that r- murder is wrong, or that it's wrong to initiate violence. Okay, let's let's take that simple. I don't think he would agree with that, though. That, well, that's not really the kind of thing that – like, see, here's the deal. In, here, this one's easy for me because making murder, for instance, illegal greatly reduces the number of murders. So it's a no-brainer to make it illegal, right? Does it? Does it? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's a fact. Didn't you call here like a week ago and advocate murdering a bunch of people from Russia? But he calls it war, so it's, it's, okay. it's different. Yeah, that's not murder. That's murder's when it's that's illegal. That's what he thinks. Oh, so murder is when we This say is a standard status uh talking point. <laughs> it's not murder when the police do it. They, it's not murder when the uh, the military does it, see? They really believe that people beca- don't have to go abide by the same moral principles when they are the government. Right. You just put on a uniform and a badge and then it's no longer murder when you kill well, somebody without we, any provocation. We, we try to pick the people who most closely resemble our own moral systems when we vote for them. So that somebody we do hopefully okay people who vote i know you guys don't vote but people like me who vote 
we no, vote I, for people. I, I think I'll vote. give you that one. You know, when I when I go to vote, I I vote for the people who whose moral systems most closely align with mine. In most cases, and I don't think though, any of them run on murder. In in most cases, though, in most places where you're voting, you almost have no one that can align with your your no, belief system if you're a libertarian. Right. That's Luckily, why you end New up Hampshire, writing in like John McAfee. Or yeah. Whatever. In New Hampshire, well, though, we actually do have libertarians and voluntarist types actually running for office. So we really uh, are unusual in that we can really vote for somebody that aligns with our moral systems. But in 99.9 percent of uh, political jurisdictions, libertarians have no one that. That even comes close because everyone that runs one. for office supports violence. Hmm? I said we actually had one in the state like a few years ago in the state Senate. Wow. One whole libertarian. OK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh, again, that's it. I got that's all I got for Dan for tonight. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. Well, uh, I think that his ideology is it an extremely imbalanced left brain ideology where he believes that he can calculate things like. Net loss of suffering. Mm. I just, I think that people making their own choices would be able to do that. At the, they're the only ones that can do that perfectly. Is figure out for themselves. Each in each individual can calculate. The individual is going to be wrong more often than not, or at least as often as they are right, because we we just don't know. I mean, most people don't know what they like and what they don't like, and they won't know it until they try it. Well, but if the individual wants to make themselves suffer, then they're certainly welcome to do that. What Um, I'm saying is, if they are forced not to do certain things or to do certain things, then they don't have the choice to mm -hmm. do it or not. But if they have a choice, they can figure it out. But you can't figure it out if you're forced to do it one way or another. Well, and he's he's advocating for rules. and Right. Dan's rules. Whatever it is that, that he, Dan thinks. He can puppet string society into perfection. And it doesn't work like that. This is a typical central plan uh, statist. I mean, this viewpoint is so common amongst people out there. Is and it though? I've never met anyone else who was like, yes, I can reduce human suffering to a series of numbers and calculations. And I can... Well, I can determine what is best. I guess I should say it's common amongst politicians. Okay. okay. Mm, yeah. And then the rest <laughs> of the people just get snookered into believing these uh, these folks. Like, oh well, we need a UBI because that will you know reduce people's suffering. I mean, so they 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 look at it from whatever perspective they have, which of course is completely biased towards whatever their interests are. And they that's why whenever there's some sort of government program proposed, you always have to ask, well, who benefits? And you know why are they motivated to do the things that they're they're doing? What who decides what is good for people? Well, apparently Dan wants to be the one who decides, and or his favorite politicians, and they're not necessarily in line with my like we talked about my morals or my belief set. So what they want or what they consider to be good for mankind, I probably will not agree with in any way, shape, or form. And if they believe that it's okay to torture a small group of people in order so that the rest of the people can live a wonderful life, they will do that because they believe that that's what's good for society. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of the, you know, first of all, the, the whole good of society, that, that, that's a conceit, right? That, that's a fiction. You could say, okay, well, this is better for 51% of all individuals, and this is worse for 51% of all individuals, but you can't, the society doesn't benefit, doesn't gain. Just like people like to make that argument about the drug war. Well, you have to make heroin illegal because the, it damages society or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, no, society is not a thing that is capable of experiencing harm or good. It's just right. it's just this fiction. So let's throw that out from the very beginning, right? What we're ultimately dealing with is a fundamental question of 
whether or not it's okay to harm one individual to benefit another individual or another group of individuals. That's right. And, and Dan my answer says to yes. That, yeah, my answer to that is always, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to benefit society in the long run. So I'm going to err on the side of caution. I know that one individual will be directly harmed. I know that. And see, that's where thing. I'm stopping. Even if I know somehow, even if I could somehow see the future and say that people would benefit by harming that individual, my morals say you can't do it. You know, I agree. Just because And that's the fact is you can't. I so it is, a, because I, I, it is a noble. Yeah, I can't answer the question. The, because to me, ultimately, the ends do not justify the means. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. Insight Daily Radio. Conversations with today's most interesting artists and creators. Author, humorist, and radio personality Garrison Keillor has been a fixture in popular culture with over 30 best-selling books and his Prairie Home Companion radio program since the 1970s. And he has a new book entitled Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel. We caught up with Garrison to chat about his new book and the beginnings of the radio program that brought the fictional town of Lake Wobegon to life. I have always stolen from what I was writing and put it out in front of an audience in a theater. You get something back from an audience that you can't provide yourself. You get the vibe of the audience. They respond, they respond viscerally to some things and not to others. And this is so clear when you're talking uh, to people. So I have, even, even after I thought I had finished the novel, I was using stories from it uh, in performance. And, uh, and, and, and then I would go back and, and change it. That's author and humorist Garrison Keillor, whose new book, Boomtown, a Lake Wobegon novel, comes out April 11th. Free Talk Live. The phones are open. If you want to join the show, number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And you can bring up whatever's on your mind here. Uh, We've got a story about people and responding to inflation, changing their shopping habits as a result of that. Uh, Plus, a woman banned from DoorDash as a customer. We'll explain what happened here in a few moments. Of course, we're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. But by the way, we mentioned that the Bitcoin conference is going on down there in Miami. And I did a little check here, a little quick audit on the coin map. Coin map, as far as I know, is still the biggest map of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency accepting businesses uh, on the planet. If I'm wrong about that, I would like to, to be corrected uh, but it's it's been around for a very very long time. And I'm curious why, you know, AnyPay's map was the was as successful as it was. Because now I'm thinking about this. You know, what mechanism are these businesses using in order to accept cryptocurrency as payments? It, it can't just be the owner there happens happens to be there with their Edge wallet or their Exodus wallet or Konami mm-hmm. wallet or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there has to be some sort of point of sale system. But it's not BitPay, and it's not. It AnyPay. was for a long time. BitPay had one. Does, I mean, it could be. Do they? Yeah, I, th- I presume they still have it. 
I thought it does online, right? I thought BitPay was a was a third party type of thing that they didn't actually. You didn't get the cryptocurrency. No, you do. You can. Uh, okay. So, so BitPay was basically before AnyPay came out. BitPay was the only real option that you could use to accept right. Bitcoin at at a uh, at an actual point of sale. And at that time, it was this was so long ago that BitPay only took Bitcoin at that time. So we're talking about before Bitcoin Cash even came out. It was the only option. So it was the same situation where you would check out, you get your total from the cash reg- the cashier, they would type in the number on the BitPay app, and then it would come up with a QR code. You'd scan it, pay it, and it would say paid. You know, so th- any pay That's basically pretty much still how BitPay works. Yeah, AnyPay basically copied that, and they should have because it's a simple system and it and yeah. it works works well. And AnyPay was the first company to allow another currency. So that was what AnyPay was was noteworthy for was not only were they competing with BitPay, but they would allow businesses to accept payments in Bitcoin or Dash when they first came out. They mm-hmm. later added Bitcoin Cash and then subsequently added Doge and Bitcoin SV. They and, did add Doge? Yeah. Doge, okay. uh, last I looked, it was uh, was still on AnyPay. Nice. They do Monero, right? No. No? That's oh. too complicated. I don't they're, know when. I do know do that, that they're big fans of Monero and yeah. they mm-hmm. like Monero, but yeah, Monero is a completely different, different beast. Total they can do it thing. with the regulations? Well, I don't think it's regulations that are the issue. Oh. It's just, it's a technical... Uh, challenge Mm -hmm. let's say that because monero was built from scratch unlike a lot of these other cryptos which were used the bitcoin code they took the bitcoin code and they just changed it Mm -hmm. Uh, monero was completely different from the ground up from bitcoin so to implement monero like with if you just want to implement dash or litecoin or something like that it's not that hard by comparison if you've already done bitcoin but doing monero is a lot more work if you have a, a wallet on your phone that supports edge the easiest way of understanding the difference in complexity would just be to go to receive and look at the QR code for like Bitcoin Cash and then look at your receive QR code for Monero. It's way longer. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. significantly more complicated. Just mm. just the QR code has way, way more, more dots. data. Yeah. And isn't your private key for Monero one less word? No. Uh, the Monero private keys seeds have 25 words. They actually have one more word. And one than, more word. Yeah. Than, uh, I knew there was a difference word keys. with that. So uh, anyway, to get back into the uh, the map situation. So coinmap.org. I, sorry, Miami. You are not the Bitcoin capital in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, you've got a lot of Bitcoin ATMs around. That's true. There's a lot of those in Miami. Has anyone ever accused um, Bitcoin of being the Bitcoin capital? Miami? Yeah, I think that's what the mayor of Miami wants to uh, okay. pretend like because he likes Bitcoin. But you got to have some businesses that actually accept cryptocurrency. Apparently, you don't. They've got a bull now uh, in Miami, and, and it doesn't the- even have a Bitcoin symbol on it. And why would you want to be the Bitcoin capital of the world anyway? I don't know if the mayor of Miami has noticed this or not, but Bitcoin it. Um- it kind of sucks as as a currency. Yeah, that's the thing. These people at the Bitcoin conference don't care about that. They're not interested in Bitcoin being a currency. They just want it to be this sort of digital gold that you buy and hold and, and hope number go up. But it, I mean, it is good at that, but it's not a good currency. Yeah. Well, it was intended to be a currency because if you look at Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper, it says peer-to-peer electronic cash and unfortunately, very few people are using Bitcoin as electronic cash. And there are very few places where you could even use Bitcoin as electronic cash. If you look at the uh, coin map for, let's just say, restaurants and uh, food locations, which I did, 
And I was looking just to see is, you know, is there anywhere that uh, we could go if we were in Miami right now for the Bitcoin conference? It's cool to go out and like spend some Bitcoin, right? Like, let's go get some sushi or whatever it is. There's got to be some place in Miami where you can go and you can spend your Bitcoin. But no, there's like a no almost twice a week thing here in Keene for some people. No, I'm sorry. I, I, I looked here and there's there's one quote unquote restaurant in Hollywood. Actually, I missed that one before. I guess because they weren't in in Miami. Nope, that restaurant is closed. Hollywood is also a place in Miami. Uh, it's just north of Miami Beach. It's a beach. Mm. Uh, so in Miami proper, uh, there's only like three or four places, and all of them are closed. They don't exist anymore. And one place is still open. One place on the map, still open. Their map entry is from 2013. <laughs> I called them, and they do not take Bitcoin. Oh, wow. I'm not surprised. I mean, they they haven't been asked about the, You're probably the first person who's asked them about this in, in years. nine years. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, that's, I'm sorry. Miami, you're just not the number one place. You're not even close. Uh, you know, when you, when you factor out the ATM locations, if we were to go in here and actually take the time to look through every single entry on this map, I guarantee you we would knock out more than 50% of them as far as I tend to agree. just out of business. Most of them we wouldn't even have to call because their websites are gone, the businesses are gone, mm-hmm. uh, and those few that are remaining, we, we all we would have to do is just call them up and say, hey, do you do you accept Bitcoin? And I, I bet you it's probably a tenth. If, if, my, if my success in Austin is any indicator, it's probably a, a very small fraction of the businesses on here. Now, maybe you would argue, oh, that's because CoinMap's out of date. All right, well, where do I go? Where do I go to find out where I can go and spend cryptocurrency? The fact is, that's just not what people are doing in the Bitcoin sphere, except for the, the Dash and the Bitcoin Cash people. This is why the AnyPay map was so awesome, right? Because it would tell It's gone you, now, though. It, it, I know, but the next person who does this needs to imitate what they did. It, mm. it monitored how frequently these places had transactions. They hadn't had one in three months. They would turn yellow, or, or yeah. within 30 days, they would turn yellow or something. If it had been more than... Three months or something, they would turn red. So you could look and you go, oh, well, this place hasn't had a cryptocurrency transaction in, you know, six years. They probably don't still accept might cryptocurrency. Right. Hmm. Yeah, keeping them fresh is very important. And uh, AnyPay was able to do that because yeah. they were the point of sale generating these invoices. Correct. So, so they knew when things were happening. And they don't have the map anymore at all, right? No, I last, not the last I've seen. They, I don't hmm. know why they decided to get rid of it. I, I'm not. I'm not able to technically, I don't think, speak with Derek and Steven under the bail conditions, so I have not really been doing that. I could speak with them, but they're not going to answer me, so it would be pointless for me to ask. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I wish that the crypto community focused on this, but they don't. They, they no, really because don't. it's more fun to talk about hodling and yeah. you know Shiba Inu or whatever. I, got, <laughs> I doubt the Bitcoin maximalists are talking about no. Shiba, but... <laughs> It's just so sad, though, because like if you want these things to really take off, then they should be useful. And that's what we focused on here in Keene, uh, New Hampshire. And that's why I still say Keene is the number one city in all of the, uh, the United States. Now, we don't beat the, uh, the islands. We don't beat St. Martin's or St. Kitts. But we, we kill the rest of the United States. Why would you think the number would go up if it has no actual value? The only reason it would go up is if people just keep believing that it will and keep buying it. And that's dumb. 
it should have value because then it has utility, right? Like if it has utility, it has value, then it will keep its value at some level because people are using it for something besides just holding and hoping. The number is 603-283-6160. But thank goodness for the folks out there doing uh, Bitcoin Cash and Dash. Those guys are, are still bringing Bitcoin uh, or crypto accepting businesses on board and they're doing what it takes. So uh, more coming up here in moments. The number is 603-283-6160. You can join us. Phones open here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian. Oops, sorry, Aria. It's the second time I've done that to you. It's okay. Aria. And Bonnie. You can join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. We have a lot of features there, and I do want to say thanks to Ken Doyle, who is a Free Talk Live Platinum supporter of the AMPS Patreon which you can join over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way for you to help us get Free Talk Live onto more great radio stations all around the country So, uh, and, and new internet listeners as well. So thank you, Ken, for that. Definitely appreciate it. Speaking of internet listeners, Bonnie, you've done something recently for Free Talk Live, which no one asked you to do. You just kind of came up with it on your own volition. You, oh, that's that excellent. We should be promoting this. Hmm. Yeah, you created a TikTok account yep. for Free Talk Live. It is at Free Talk Live. That's yeah, I was really happy account. I got that account. There wasn't a troll that created it or something, posted weird things or whatever. So we have at Free Talk Live, no underscores or anything on TikTok. Yeah, and you actually did this, I don't know, a couple months ago, I think. It's been a few weeks. Maybe it's like a month ago. Yeah. And, and I was a little disappointed with my first videos of... Uh, views but we have a generation z friend mm. who gave me some pointers and it's also a, a learning better. curve right yeah like i mean obviously the fir- very first video i ever made you know to put online was absolutely awful and i hope to god <laughs> it's no longer available on the internet i'm too lazy <laughs> to go and check but they the, at least like the first dozens mm-hmm. were just absolutely terrible mm. Well, in this case, she's clipping the show. So yeah, what she's from- made was not absolutely terrible, but yeah. there's still a learning curve. I I think my first video was pretty bad because TikToks are supposed to be short. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll put this whole three-minute phone call because everybody will love this phone call. And yeah. it, you just need to like do the highlights of phone calls for TikTok. So. Well, yeah, the problem, of course, is attention spans, of especially of young people. Because TikTok, TikTok is a young person's app, right, primarily. I don't oh, yeah. know what their demographics are, but it's skewing very young, I imagine. Everybody uh, that's been liking the videos so far, I, I see just their pictures come up, and I'm like, look at all the young people. Yeah, the, well, here's the thing that's funny, is there's a lot of people who will watch the videos, so they're getting shared, and this is because of, you said, your Generation Z friend who suggested that you tag it with something that makes it so people see it for whatever reason. Uh, so he's got like the magic tag that all of a sudden gets the <laughs> Yes, gets I the want video people scene. to watch my content. Right. <laughs> right, literally. I was like, well, are you sure that will work? It's hashtag FYP, which is for you page, which is basically You're your homepage. You're giving away the homepage. secrets. Oh, Every, everybody knows that who's <laughs> under, who wasn't that. born in the 1900s, apparently. Is what the they will say. Not, will you not say that, please? <laughs> <laughs> or at least put it di- differently, right? I was also born, in the, born in the 1900s, so so you, you that did clip this. with Dan might be might be worth it. You know, of him not saying that he wouldn't snap his finger to annihilate half of all living things. Yeah, I said if I had mm. the glove. <laughs> so uh, you did that. You shared these videos. They got a bunch of views, like hundreds of views. But of course. 
you know, we don't know how many of them are actually completing it. It's well, uh, They've got statistics, I guess, but we're not clear on how often they update the statistics, if it's like once a day or once... Well, do, we, do we really care? I mean, we want... I guess we do. Well, if you're going to put a clip up, you would hope somebody would watch the whole thing. If right not, now, it means they're not interested, right? Our most viewed video is a video of you two talking about how the government has made us slaves with the monetary system, nice. and it has 2,600 views. Now um, that is crushing our YouTube channel. Oh yeah, but was that the one that you sponsored or no? Uh, yes, I promoted this one. I yeah. put, I put ten dollars on it. The so one, she's... the one that's gotten the most organic. Like I couldn't sponsor it because mm-hmm. they said it was promoting violence. Was nobody's <laughs> speech at uh the independence thing, and it got four hundred fifty five views on its own. Just with the yeah, FYP. And didn't they deny you a video because it was like anti-government or something like that? That was the anti-government and it said violence one. And then I tried, I made this uh, one they of... they let you upload it. They just wouldn't let you promote, promote it. it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I tried to promote this one with you, Arya, speaking at Porkfest. And they said no because of profanity. But that, the, That's fair. The only reason <laughs> they let them... I started out with profanity on that one. The <laughs> only reason they let them be uploaded is because they just don't know, right? Like no one's looking. So, yeah, so I'm afraid if I keep trying to promote them, that's going to give a target or something. I think now yeah. I've gotten enough of a snowball to not promote them. I suspect in the same way that the streaming, the online Chinese streaming companies do not want us to be on their platforms, I suspect TikTok is going to be the same way once they find out about the content of the show. I don't know. We spent so much of our time criticizing the American government and what the United States government is doing that I'm not, I'm not really sure they would have an issue with it. Yeah, I know. I was so surprised that they didn't like my burning American flag emoji. I was like, I thought China... I would love this. That doesn't help us on the the other Chinese platforms. The content of the like the fact that we're not in yes, favor of the TikTok US government. Yes, but TikTok is not a Chinese yes, platform. Yes, they are. I know. That's why I'm doing the finger quotes. Yeah. So radio listeners can't see that. They are owned by a Chinese company, but they're trying not to do the Chinese approach, right? Because mm. I mean, this isn't uh what is the This isn't WeChat we're talking about, mm. right? Where we're trying to upload our videos to WeChat mm. to reach a Chinese audience. She's uploading them to TikTok to try to, to reach, reach a worldwide US, yeah. audience. Yeah, and the statistics I see, I don't know if they're really up to date or anything. Mm-hmm. They showed that it's almost 99% America. US. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll keep an eye on it. It's interesting. It's an interesting experiment. You can go to uh, at Free Talk Live on TikTok. So if you're on TikTok, please give us a follow, like some videos, share share some uh, your favorite clips there. We have no idea when they're going to take us off. Could we like set up TikTok.FreeTalkLive.com to automatically go there? I did that earlier. I just hadn't checked it. Nice. Um, Just to see if it was working. One thing that's great about having a TikTok for Free Talk Live is it's so easy to share a TikTok video anywhere. Like I can send any, even without having somebody else having an account, I can s- send a TikTok to somebody via text message. So people can share the, the show that way really easily. It is there, by the way. TikTok.freetalklive.com will take you right to it. Let's go to Kadu. He's in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live, Kadu. Hey, um, yeah, I appreciate you guys being civil with that uh, utilitarian guy, Dan. Um, it's hard to stay civil with somebody who believes in murdering people. I actually kind of felt bad about yeah. it on one of the breaks. I was like, yeah. I. I appreciate his, uh, he's a seeker, kind of. He he kind of has his mind closed, but he believes himself to be a seeker. And mm. most seekers will find, so. I hope so. But you guys, you guys are doing a good job with it, because I do appreciate his openness and honesty, and um, yeah, I appreciate you know, his willingness um, to have a conversation. I mean, that is yeah. that is one thing you can say about Dan is he is willing to talk and he's willing to call yeah. back and and continue a conversation at another time. And, 
and not and not in a rude way and also um what were you got um you said briefly that like you think um it's maybe not that common of you, but it's common among politicians. Uh, I was thinking about that, and I think it actually is very common among people. Uh, what that, is that? Is? His perspective, uh, you, the, that utilitarian kind of uh, outlook. That but the ends justify people, the means. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think it like Dan. Um, um, kind of unlike Dan, I think the majority of people are holding this view in like an unconscious mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And, and I think if it were conscious, um, unlike Dan, I think a lot of people would see that it doesn't hold up and it doesn't make sense. Like my father, for instance, uh, I he I could tell that like he has this utilitarian view in a way that he's not aware of. Like he mm-hmm. doesn't get that he's doing this thing. And I, I, I sense that if he realized what like. And 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 if you're more to like willing to flesh it out and have it exposed, he would see that it doesn't hold up. But the, the, uh, at one level, that's one thing I like about Dan is because he's engaging and and he's openly admitting these things that people hold unconsciously yeah. and they have no yeah. idea. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. And I, I think a recent example of somebody who might hold a view like this without realizing it this sort of common perspective that you're talking about would be somebody who we had a guy call recently talking about, Oh, you know, immigrants at the border, the usual kind of right wing conservative uh, talking points. But I said, well, don't you favor small government? Yeah. Small government. Oh, this is the guy who was like, I'm an anarchist. (laughs) Well, there was one like that, but yeah, there was been more than one of them recently. And it's like, yo, sorry, you cannot hold those two beliefs simultaneously. You cannot be in favor of smaller government and then advocate for a bigger government to restrict the uh, the border. But for him, the ends the ends justify the means, even though he doesn't realize the means means bigger government. The main one I thought of is. The people who say, oh, my body, my choice, uh, you can't tell me I can't get an abortion, which I agree with. But then they don't understand that that same principle applies to the vaccinations. There's a lot of people who simultaneously hold those two beliefs. Oh, but the society overall will be better if we all get vaccines. Like yeah, no, that's a, that's. I mean, that's pretty one. much the same argument they used to, to push abortion. The Planned Parenthood used to push abortion in the first place. You know, society would do better if we convince all the black people to get abortions. That's what Yikes. Planned Parenthood more or less put forward, or the, the founder of Planned Parenthood more or less put forward as her justification for allowing them. Thank you, Kadu, for the call. Great point tonight. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of people who are just completely unconscious as far as I guess NPC would be the the right term. Cognitive dissonance. Uh, there's that too. Uh, the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. That's six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Coming up, we'll get into this person who's been banned from DoorDash as a customer, and we'll find out why on the way. Aria's got the story. Hour three is next. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour of the program. The phones here are open if you want to join us. You can talk about whatever's on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Aria. And Bonnie. So, I gotta say, I have not heard of somebody being kicked off of DoorDash as a customer 
for their belief system. I, now, I could understand. We're going to get into what exactly, or their career, I guess, in this case. We'll find it out. It seems strange to me. As long as you're a paying customer, what the hell does DoorDash care? Yeah, they should be completely, you know, it's none of their business, number one. But, uh, yeah, I could understand if you were abusive. Like if you yeah. uh, threw something or tried to harm in some way the door dashers that came to your door and, you know, you're a danger to the door dash dashers, then yeah, okay, I, let's I mean, put a black then, mark on their, their record. Even then a rating system of some sort would, would probably work, right? Rate the customer? Yeah. Yeah. Or leave a comment, hey, by the way, just so you know, this person has a one-star review because they, you know, threw a two-by-four at me or whatever. Mm-mm. Yeah, and I, I've heard rumors, and I don't know if this is true, I know you've worked in the in the pizza business for, for some time. Is it true that they can, they've got, like, notes that come up whenever somebody calls in, like, bad tipper on... Uh, they did it, the particular place that I, I worked at. They did? Well, they didn't usually say, like, bad tipper. Mm-hmm. But it, we did have a list of addresses that were blacklisted because customers were rude or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of, um, well, I say we, it was, I had a lot of leeway to uh, be rude to customers. Huh. So if if they were rude back, I was just, no, I, I'm cutting Click. you off. You're done. Bye. You're, Go find don't, another. Don't order from us anymore. Yep. I think a wow. lot of restaurants have that. Like the restaurant I worked at as a waitress and mm-hmm. Texas, we had a list of people that, like this person, no, they can't uh, order from here. This is for people that would come in or call in? Um, Come in or come in for takeout, hmm. but we didn't do delivery. Were you ever there when they kicked somebody out and said, look, we don't want we don't want you around here? No. Dude, I, 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 I had to do the kicking out once. Mm-hmm. It was really frustrating, right? Because this was uh, not long after, not long after the raid. Okay. And... This person left me with no alternative except to call the police. Oh right? That's frustrating. Do you know how angry you have to get me to have me willing to call the police to yeah. make you leave? This dude had every opportunity. And I couldn't physically remove him because, you know. He was big. I, no, what, I'm on, I was on pre-release. Oh, I see. That would throw me right back. At, yeah. So that wasn't an option. So right. literally no other way to handle this except to call the police. And I've never been so angry at impotence in my life is i can't mm. do anything about this i have to rely on violent thugs to come and they might shoot this guy sure mm. i just want him out right people he- are horrible at restaurants sometimes sure. it's just like i don't know what happens to people when they go into a restaurant and they just lose all sense of human decency sometimes Dude, maybe they never had it I think it's a, a lot of them. They never worked at a food place, so they have no idea how stressful or intense it is. Hmm. I don't know if it's if it's that. I mean, those those people are probably just as rude to somebody who's a cashier at uh, Walmart or whatever, True. right? Like, it's just a. I don't know who said it, but it's one of those things that has been said. It's like you go out on a date with somebody and you can judge their personality by how they treat the help at uh, at the place that you're going, right? Like you, you don't I broke up sp- with the girl because her drink wasn't right. She was like, this is this is supposed to be a gin and tonic, and this is... I don't, I don't remember what she said it was supposed to be or what it actually was. I was like, dude, there was no need for any of that, right? Sprite instead of tonic does make me really angry. Gin and tonic <laughs> is my favorite drink. It doesn't make me angry. But not enough to yell at the people. I just specify when I order it. Like, I don't want Sprite, though. See, I drink vodka and Sprite when I go to the bar. I used to drink Long Island iced teas, but I've re- they're too sour for me these days. So I get vodka and Sprites. And the last mm-hmm. time I was there, they accidentally gave me a vodka and um, what, tonic. tonic. Oh. And it was... It's just watered down vodka with yeah. some bitterness thrown in. It's absolutely terrible. 
I love it with the gin and tonics. But I didn't complain about it because mm. I knew that they just made a mistake. I could take it up there and they would, you know, make me a new one with Sprite in it or whatever. But that was a lot of trouble for a drink that I was going to get through and it wasn't going to. It was like four dollars. Not change your yeah. life either so, way. Now, I mean, I I don't think it's a bad thing to send a thing back if if something's undercooked if or it's sufficient. Yeah, I would agree. Something's wrong with the the you know something fundamentals in, is wrong with what you've ordered. But there's a way to handle it that has compassion for the people you're dealing with. Like, hey, I'm sorry to bug you about this, but could you please, but you know, using sorry and please, right? Instead yeah. of how dare you not <laughs> yeah. put my, you know, the the attitude is right, like it, how it factors into whether or not you're a decent person. And so what happened with this lady with DoorDash? She's been banned from the platform as a customer. She must have been the most rude, most obnoxious uh, customer. You would think so, because that's what we've been talking about, right, Mm -hmm. is how to deal with these people. But no, it wasn't any of that. She wasn't mean. She wasn't rude to people. She was banned from ordering DoorDash um, because she is a dominatrix. What? Hmm. And by the way, where's the story um, coming from? Daily Dot, whoever that is. A tech researcher at UCLA is claiming that DoorDash disabled their account for engaging in sex work, according to a Twitter thread. And this is the... So, tech researcher by day and a dominatrix by night. It does appear to be that. I mean, her Twitter (laughs) handle is um, Mistress Snow PhD. And she she is blue checkmark verified and everything. Oh, boy. And she's got a screenshot here. Your account has been deactivated. In the thread, Olivia Snow, a professional dominatrix and researcher at the UCLA Center for Critical Internet Inquiry. Boy, I'm sure she's a lot of fun to hang out with at parties. Mm. Well, she might actually be. Said her (laughs) account on Caviar, which is owned by DoorDash, was previously disabled for a violation of the terms and conditions of the app. The specific violation was never discussed. Caviar? Never heard of that. I never have either. Snow claims that this is because of cross-platform data sharing. Apps never admit to sharing data, but they obviously do, and sex workers in particular are usually like the test population for a lot of these technologies, Hmm. Snow said in an interview. But my guess is that there's some shared database of either device phone numbers. I assume they edited out the last of her comment. So the Daily Dot obviously reached out to DoorDash for comment, but so far didn't get one. Snow said other services are notorious for algorithms that prohibit sex workers from using them. Surveillance wow. in tech spaces has been... Well, we knew this, right? PayPal did it. Visa's done it. The banks have done it. And she even mentions this. PayPal has somehow managed to sniff out sex workers and freeze their accounts and seize their funds. Banks do it a lot. Chase is sure. notorious for this. Payment platforms like Cash App and Venmo, yeah, they do it. We've well, talked about that Go ahead. I was just going to say, I bet DoorDash would be angry if they knew how many people that they let use their services do sex work because you don't have to be, you know, licensed in, to be a, do is to do sex work. Lots well, of people just well, if she's uh, do a, it over apps. I will say this. If she's a professional dominatrix, she isn't what I would consider to be a sex worker in that she she. She works in the sex industry, but she isn't having sex with people. Well, right. that's tr- that's true. I mean, generally, that's true about dominatrixes, right? But it is well, still I mean, a sexual service. She can't be. Otherwise, that would be illegal. Illegal well, in California, right? Sure, Isn't it it's... only legal in Nevada to be in, like a brothel? She can't advertise that she offers that service. But for a client who is paying her enough money and she's developed a relationship with, maybe 
she'll cross that line. I don't know. Uh, I don't but, either. But, but but a dominatrix is ultimately a sexual service, right, for, for some of these guys. Maybe not for all of them. Some of them it's about pure domination, but others, some of them get off on that, sure. right? So, but anyway, she even describes herself as a whore on her uh, Twitter page. So, I mean, there is that. Maybe that's her personal life. Yeah, I call Maybe myself so. a slut. Well, okay. <laughs> doesn't mean I'm a sex worker. Well, generally, if you call yourself a whore, it does suggest you okay, take money for, that's for sex. There, uh, there is a bit of a distinction there. And mm. and there is, uh, there is a problem that they're identifying here where bankers and PayPals, as they say, and these cash apps and whatever, they have this phobia of doing business with people in the sex industry. And it's maybe it's because they're I think she raises that, a good point. I'm not sure it's a phobia. I think they're using sex workers, you know, the, the obvious weak minority to target as as a test ground for their ability to suspend people from being able to receive or send payments. Because nobody will come to their aid and demand that they... Yeah, because yeah, but, they're unpopular. Well, I mean, there's a lot of demand for sex out there, so I don't know if they're unpopular in that way, but there's definitely a certain segment of society that doesn't like them. We'll continue here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Arya. And Bonnie. Apparently, DoorDash is now blowing out their customers that are associated with the potential business of sex work. One lady who is a dominatrix, apparently by night, and a uh, UCLA professor, apparently by day, uh, she was banned from the app as a customer, not as a driver, but as a customer. And we're just getting uh, into that here. We'll talk a little bit more about it and how people in the sex work trade have really got a difficult time in banking for instance i mean we've always seen banks ta- uh, targeting them and preventing them from having accounts or shutting down accounts when they've uh, created them but uh, but now just like apps are apparently doing it too which is very strange but we're going to go uh, to steven in georgia first you're on free talk live go ahead steven hey so earlier you're all talking about ways that people are lowering their bills um and one of the ways that it seems that people are lowering their bills and this is honestly to me, a kind of rude thing to do, but they're tipping less, mm. like a oh, lot less. Too bad. Yeah, and, uh, now how, and now you work at a restaurant, so that's how you've seen this. So I work at a restaurant, but I'm working as a manager. And district um, had a meeting the other day, and so in the industry, twenty percent is considered standard. So if a waiter or waitress right. isn't getting twenty percent, there's questions. I think that's what um, the industry considers standard. I don't think that the average person considers that to be standard. I know that that's standard because I've I've lived with people. My girlfriends have worked in restaurants, so like I understand what's expected. But prior to that, I'd always heard it was fifteen percent for good service, and that's not the way it it is. But so I think the industry thinks just generally expects more than what a lot of people have even been taught uh, to give. But that said, what are they seeing? So they're seeing closer to about 12% right Oof. now in some areas. Damn. Um, which, when you think about it, that's a 40% drop. Um, so they're making less per table, but 
for a while, the way it's worked is when you tell your manager how much you made on cash tips, they add that to your credit card tips, and if it doesn't equal 20, well, now we have to write you up because it looks like you're giving bad service. Oh, wow. Especially if it's happening every day. Well, then they're writing um, up the entire staff then, right? Well, so that was addressed at this meeting because we, my store stopped. Your store, store is punishing. Your store is punishing waiters and waitresses for things their customers are doing when their customers aren't fouling complaints. There, there's no complaints about these people about giving bad service. It's just the customers being jerks. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a disciplinary thing. It's a let's be on the lookout, figure out what they're doing wrong, and help them type deal. It's a. It's mm. a note taking system. Well, yesterday, uh, corporate said, "Hey." If they're making more than this, if they made more than this on these days, throw those papers out because the new standard looks to be about 12. Mm. Wow. Um, I wonder if that's because people, you know, they're seeing the bills go up and they're, of course, they're hurting as far as inflation is concerned and they're just justifying, well, you know, I'm going to pay what I always paid for for a tip. So if I always gave them five bucks, even though my bill is now 25% more, I'm still just going to give them five bucks, which of course is completely heartless and not the right thing to do. But I'm just trying to imagine what people are, are saying to themselves to uh, to justify this. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, I always heard the expression, so if you can't afford a tip, you then can't you can't afford, afford to eat, to eat out. out. Yeah. But that that's just sort of highlights how broken the, the tipping system is in the first place. And yeah, you know, I, I'm a really good tipper, but I would love to see the tipping system just Abolished. go away. Well, one of the things that I've noticed, and I've started playing with numbers and looking at old credit card receipts and stuff and looking at different things from the past, what it looks like is in 2019, people were spending X amount of dollars, say, and they were spending, you know, 15 to $20 per head, tip included. Um, and then around the time of the checks and around the time of all the payouts that the government was giving people, it went up for a little bit, mm. but now it's back to, you know, $20 a head, including tip. Well, if my meal went from $12 to $16, mm-hmm. your tip just went from $8 to $4. Yep. Yeah, I'd Perfect. say that that probably explains it, and uh, it's probably not going to get any better anytime soon with the way you know inflation is uh, is just ripping away at people's standard of living. I can't blame inflation for this. That's just selfish on these people's parts. There's this awesome Belgian restaurant here that I love, and for the last you know since I've been eating there, my mm-hmm. bill has always been the same. So I just always gave them the same amount, and the rest of it was always a tip. But I noticed you know a, f- a couple of months ago that. Now the the bill was like $5 more. So mm-hmm. if I continue tipping that same amount or giving them the same amount, then I was tipping them less than I was just a few months ago. It's not like the service changed or anything right. like that. So I added that extra bit to the amount that I was paying them for the for the tip. Right? I didn't decrease the tip because the prices went up. I just paid attention. I was like, okay, well... You're not doing any worse service. You continue to earn this money that I've been giving you. Well, that's what a conscientious person who's aware of what's going on would actually do. But as we're seeing here, people are true. People they are going to want to keep going out until they can no longer afford to eat out at all. Ultimately, and they're going to the the tips are going to be the part that whittles down on that, and that's going to hurt these uh, these servers out there until eventually these people are not going to be able to afford to eat out at all because inflation is going to continue to increase the price of. 
uh, of, of eating out to the point where the, a lot of these people are going to drop off. They're going to have to stay home because they won't be able to afford it at all. I mean, I've never been a waiter or a waitress, but I've worked in food service. And I've, so I've never been in one of these, you know, mandatory tipping positions. But yeah. I would speculate that probably half of the waiters and waitresses out there, they'd be, a fun, they'd be okay with these lower tips if they were allowed to just go off on customers who didn't tip them enough. <laughs> right. We can find a middle ground here where these, where these jerks can continue eating out. Waiters and waitresses can continue being happy, but if they don't tip enough, just let the waiter or waitress have at it. If they tip 8% or 12%, let the waitress have at them, man. Steven, but a thanks. lot of times you don't know until they're gone. Because like you go pick That's up the, true, the and tab there in there. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen, for the call tonight. Appreciate it. The, uh, the inside scoop. Sounds like he works at a corporate place. He was talking about yeah. you know, yeah. different locations or whatever. Um, um, I would say that after You did work COVID, as a waitress. Uh, as a waitress and then delivered food for Uber Eats. Mm-hmm. I'd say my tips never really recovered after COVID. There were a lot of times people, I'd be like, you mean wow, on that- Uber or the waitress? Uber job? Eats. Okay. Uh, I, oh, well, the waitress job, that was actually a better example. Right when COVID hit and we were only doing takeout, mm-hmm. I, I was working my ass off there and I went home with, I think, like $15 in tips for a total day one time because well, everybody was like, only. oh, the, the end of the world is happening. Well, you still tip. You still You still tip on the takeout. Should you tip the same amount on a takeout? And um, I would, but I'm not your average tipper. But the person who's doing the work isn't doing near as much work, right? Like, no, that, that, that's not why I tip well. Mm-hmm. I tip well because I want them to remember me and to sure. like me and to want me to come back. This this was a lot of work. It's like you get a salad, so I have to put a salad into a into a box mm-hmm. into this bag. I, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that was going on. I know I was working really really hard, and one day I, I made fifteen dollars, so I quit. I was like, if you wow. guys aren't gonna like raise our wages for this, yeah. then I have to quit. And Were then you I went to do Uber wages. Eats. Yes. That's, oh, that's what wow. I'm saying. I See, made like illegal. no money. That's insane. All right. So uh, number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can share your thoughts with us here. Maybe your experience in the hospitality business, how it's being affected by inflation. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Phone's open here. You can join us. Uh, we're talking tipping. And apparently it is suffering under the inflation going on that has continued to get worse. Uh, we haven't gotten the numbers yet for March, but those will be likely coming out soon, the official government inflation numbers, so look forward to that. Uh, it's Ian, Aria, and Bonnie in the, sto- in the uh, studio here tonight. The number is 603-283-6160. We're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts and uh, if we get the chance, we'll talk about customers and their habits, their shopping habits. So not just their tipping habits, which are apparently suffering. We had uh, Stephen call in saying that tips have gone down from an expected 20% to where the corporation that he's working for is now expecting customers to tip 12% on average. We'll go to uh, first Jack calling us in Washington State. You're on Free Talk Live, Jack. Um. Have you guys ever watched the movie with Ryan Reynolds, Waiting? Oh, God, yes. No, never yeah. heard of it. Neither of you have seen Waiting? Oh, man, it's classic. It's, it's like the Is restaurant. this an old movie? Not really. No. Like early, early 2000s. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. like the, yeah. it's the restaurant version of Office Space. If you haven't oh. seen it, oh, man, you got to check it out, dude. Oh, that's cool. Sounds like fun. Yeah, Office Space is fantastic. Yeah, this is like the restaurant version of that. Okay. Yeah, but I worked at Red Robin about that same period, late 90s. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, working those dishes, if you want one of the worst jobs ever, 
is working at one of those uh, corporate uh, restaurants washing dishes. Um, washing des- dishes in any restaurant just absolutely sucks, and I've done it too. So. Oh, it's horrible. But uh, I used to make 40 or $50, and that was back in the late 90s. And I was a busboy and a dishwasher and did a little bit of uh, – I quit. I was a waiter for a little bit, and I went on to my next job. But um, I don't know. The, the true story, if Ari has seen waiting – is that customer that comes in after all the grills and every every the deep fryer and everything's been clean? Five minutes to eleven o'clock, it's still open, and here comes this couple, comes in, everything's cleaned, and they want to sit there and eat for forty five minutes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I never liked people that want to sit there way after the place closes. Like that's so incredibly rude. I can't even wrap my head around even remotely wanting to do that. That's See, insane. Yeah, this is why I don't do the corporate thing because like, you know, 15, if we, if there was a dine-in lobby, 30 minutes before close, I'm sorry, the lobby's no longer seating new people. 15 mm-hmm. minutes before close, those those lights are going off and at close, all right, people, time to get the hell out of our store. Yep. I mean, there's yeah, some people you, you start dimming the lights and they don't they just don't, don't catch it. on no. or care. Yeah, and I've dated a couple guys and we'd go in to eat and uh, they had no problem with it. It was like, let's just go in there and we'll just either, you know, it's like 15 minutes before closing. And they're like, oh, let's just go in. And I'm like, oh, my heavens. It's so embarrassing to me. You can see the looks on everyone's faces. Like, mm-hmm. oh, man, what are you going to do to my food? <laughs> yeah, anyway, I mean, having it. worked at, yeah. in food service off and on throughout most of my life, I, I've never known a single person to do anything to anyone's food ever. Mm. Yeah, so not neither. not, not a single that. time. No matter yeah. how big of a wait. jerk you are, the the worst I've ever done or seen someone do, and I was the one who did this, by the way, was throw their food in the trash in front of them. Oh my god! <laughs> so, oh my god! Yeah. So, uh, Jack, those guys that you were uh, that you were going on those dates with, how those relationships work out? Uh, they didn't work out at all. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, want to be with those guys either. Of, I mean, that's lack just lack of common sense. You yeah, know? it's a bad sign right there. Somebody that just doesn't yeah. respect uh, people for what they're doing. You know, well, I mean, food yep. service workers—they they work hard, right? And they're typically looked down upon, and they're not paid very well. So, if you wanted to see, you know, what the lowest acceptable position in American society is, it's it's your average fast food worker or your average food worker in general. So how a person treats that person is going to reveal a whole lot more about them than how they treat, you know, the bank president down the street. They party really hard. They party hard. They do do a lot of drugs. They have to survive. You know, when the restaurants close down, they go to the restaurant that's open. I remember that too. Yep. That's true. Jack, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I've never worked in one, but I've known uh, plenty of people. I've had friends, and uh, you know, and girlfriends who've, who've worked in the business. It's really hard for me to not smoke cigarettes when I work at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's like I can have quit for a whole year, and if I start working in a restaurant, I'm gonna have to start smoking cigarettes Yikes. again. I mean, because it's the only guaranteed break you're going to get, right? <laughs> or at least it was for me, because like after three hours, they'd be like, "Okay, Arya needs a cigarette. We don't really care how busy we are. Get Arya out for a cigarette." Hey, I remember the whole Hungry Howie's crew in Florida, in uh, one of the shops in Sarasota, used to go out and get high behind the shop. So I mean, it wasn't that, always smoking cigarettes. That happened yeah, but a lot I can't do well. that and work 
I really can't, especially well, not as a waitress. You've never worked at a pizza shop. I'm a horrible Everyone waitress. Everyone at every it's pizza expected. shop is high. Yeah, it's I think expected. I was probably the only one who wasn't. <laughs> the, all the drivers, everybody. They, oh, dude, they were yeah. bait. I mean, you, but I can't do that. I mean, yeah. personally, like I can't you just do that. You wouldn't make it at a pizza place. <laughs> when I was a driver, that's what I did, man. Just drive around yeah. all night, listen to music <laughs> that you like, smoking pot. Dude, yeah. it is the dream job. Good job. Well, that's what I love about Uber Eats, minus the smoking part. I just could, I would have to be like, okay, I did my last order. Now I can smoke mm. i just i would mess something up especially as an actual waitress though I'm, I'm a horrible waitress let's go to your calls here more from uh, your thoughts let's talk to major Payne in michigan you're on free talk live good evening hey what's yeah. on your mind as far as the uh, corporate dishwashing jobs i did that when i was 16 for mm-hmm. a big boy and that is miserable it is polyester uniform. I mean, it would create buckets of sweat, but absorb Ugh. absolutely. And you're just you get wet. You get so oh, yeah. wet, soaking. Like... I only know that because oh, I've yeah. washed dishes at a camp and at jail. So I've mm-hmm. definitely I've actually worked in a kitchen, just not you know professionally with the big giant uh, dishwasher that you kind of yeah, like load Hobart. up a thing and mm-hmm. it goes through. Yeah, yeah. and the, and those things yeah. get so hot. Sometimes you'll burn yourself but with you the gotta pre- metal. You, that you still got to spray them down before yeah. they go in. And all yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. And as far as the unauthorized smoke breaks in the construction industry, we call those safety meetings. <laughs> you got you got to do the paperwork for the safety meetings. Yeah, that's know? funny because I know people out here that uh, they call it the exact same yeah, thing. They, they they are safety meetings. <laughs> Still, this many years later, they they are. And I've known plenty of construction guys who not only smoke on the job, but also they'll bring some beers to the construction site. You know what? Hey, what? As long as the job gets done good. Uh, measure twice, cut once, or whatever. That, that, that's sort I, of the mentality behind pizza place as well. Every, they all know their drivers and their employees are high, but no one cares because one, it they're all high, so it's not like you can hire someone who isn't high. Mm-hmm. And second, they're going to get the job done. So, what does it matter? Exactly. I actually saved a homeowner's house one time because there was a cooler full of long necks available. You saved what? I saved his house. Because there was a cooler full of long necks available. I'll tell you the story right quick. Okay. There was a bee nest in the chimney. And I had one of them uh, propane bug foggers. You know what I'm talking about? It's got a little, no. It's got a little coil of poison that goes through a heat tunnel and mm. vaporizes and turns it into a bug fog. Mm. But wow. they get hot. So anyway, I got this tip of this thing in this little cavity fogging out these bugs. Well, evidently the nest was right close because I started smelling something smoldering. Oh, and wow. before I knew it, was, there was flames coming out about eight inches above the nest. And I'm like, holy smokes. I said, somebody grab me a beer. And the homeowner ran and grabbed me a long neck. And I popped it and shook it up right quick and fire extinguished that thing. Amazing. <laughs> Great story, Major Payne. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. Let's talk to Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yes. I know, Sarah. How do you yeah, follow a story it. like that? Dollars in EBT a month. Yeah, now, Sarah, of course, cannot relate. Like she cannot relate to these conversations about, about actually working. Go, sorry, what's that, Sarah? You're going to tell us about welfare now. Go ahead. Yes, you know the EBT card. Ever since um, we had the no, uh, I don't uh, actually. I've heard there's such a thing, but I've never actually seen one. Sarah, do you know what an EBT stands for? Electronic benefits transfer. Okay. Electronic benefit. Now it's like a card, and a, and then you do the um, food stamps like a debit card. Mm-hmm. But it went from fifty dollars to almost like three hundred dollars because this is for you? of the, like you said, the inflation. So you're living large, that. huh? 
Three hundred dollars is a lot. Yeah, well, I don't know about the next. Well, a month enough. Well, the thing is, the cost of price went up. Oh, Sarah's not happy. It's not enough money. Is that a month? Because my. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, um, they put the extra like two hundred dollars for the last. So you're calling to complain about this? Is that what you're calling for? Is to complain about this? More coming up here. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. 6160. While people in the United States and elsewhere in the world are experiencing record levels of inflation, we're seeing the money supply being increased, and of course, prices are going up along with that. that Dude, is- it is insane. I spent almost $300 at Walmart today. That was wow. just on pet supplies. Wow. Oh my God. Uh, so the average person is having to deal with this. There's ways they're doing that by cutting back. Sometimes they're cutting back in ways that are probably inappropriate by like cutting their tips, like we were talking about earlier with Stephen. Uh, but the average person. Well, another article I saw: stop taking their pets to the vet was yeah. another oh, way people God. were saving money. People are dealing with this in different ways. Uh, but Sarah, she's just complaining because she got an, an increase in her. Uh, EBT card, I guess, for the month, going up from $58 to over $300. And Sarah, you've called in tonight to say that's just not good enough. Oh, no, I'm just saying it's our Democratic, uh, our whole state is Democrat senators and reps. Mm-hmm. We've, been, we've been getting a lot of help. That was my whole point. I oh. only got $3,200 in stimulus money. I've already got, I'm going to get $250 dumped into my account. And if we file for it, I'll get another 500 And plus, I've been getting another $250 Sarah, in EP. I, so I, it does make a difference. The Democrats will help the poor people. So you got $3,200 in uh, stimulus checks, right? Yeah, altogether so far. Okay. I what got what, one, did, what well, did you 1, use that money for, if you don't mind? Well, I just lived on it. I, I spent it, um, you know, to help pay my rent or just, it just went to all the kind of stuff that I needed. It's all gone spent. though, right? No, I, I saved some of you it save to move to it. a better place. Yeah. Okay. I saved some of it to move to a better How place. But, you. but you're saying that this is not enough or you're saying this increase in the EBT is enough, that $300 a month is good enough, you're all set, or do you need, you know, you want them to give you more? No, I'm just saying. I, sometimes it's too much money, so I'm not. I'm not even going to file for the 500. Yeah, I have to file. I'm just going to let that one go. Uh, it's just because uh, I already. So you're saying? I'm sorry. So I misunderstood you. You're calling to say that $300 a month is too much money. Well, I mean, it's okay. I'll use it. I'll definitely use it. But there's going to be another. There, there's one that I could file for to get another 500. Mm-hmm. Um, for. She is you know, like a, a little expert, a isn't she? She knows everything about the EBT. She knows what it stands for. She knows exactly what uh, amounts that she can get. She's got a running total of how much stimulus uh, stimulus checks she's uh, she's received. Whereas earlier, we were like, oh, how much were those checks? <laughs> you know? Dude, I didn't even get one of them. I didn't either. And I don't, but I don't 
Just one that never showed up? One of them in particular just never showed up. I don't remember which one it was, but Sarah, how in the hell do you sleep at night? We've been sitting here talking about how how workers throughout the United States are getting screwed over by cheap people and by companies. They're working hard. They're not making any money. They're making less money than ever. And you're getting more money than ever while these same people who are working for a living are suffering. How do you sleep at night? The workers. I sleep very well. You know why? Because think about, you know what? We gave how many billions of dollars to supply the Ukrainians with their weapons, and we're going to give them another $100 million for those um I didn't give them any money, and the, F- and the federal government's not very happy about that at the moment. So I don't know who this we is, but it doesn't include me. But I don't agree with giving money to the Ukrainians for their bombs either, but it's it's the principle of it. Why would we give the Ukrainians money for bombs, and why would we give people who don't work money for nothing? It's the same principle, in my opinion. Well, if I stopped getting this money, I was homeless for about 10 years. I'd be homeless. Do you want me to wander around homeless? No, I want you money? to get a damn job and earn your way <laughs> in society like a functioning adult she's got bipolar so she can't do that well i since i put it i got put in the mental hospital since i cracked up i never had a job record i never held a job since then so you you don't really know me that's why there's entry level jobs yeah you can walk down the street and you'll find a place with a help on its side go in there ask them for an application fill it out hand it to them and start working she's never going to do that she's getting hundreds of dollars from the government every single month why would she want to go work disincentivized to work yeah Yeah. because i don't think that you'll make three thousand dollars a month at at any just any old entry level no that's difficult so i'm buying random merchandise as things go to sell at the porcupine freedom festival Mm -hmm. and uh and the fork fest i want of these i'm gonna get a sign made now sarah that says don't feed the sarah (laughs) (laughs) thank you sarah for the call tonight yeah you can call tomorrow uh (laughs) let's talk to david in new mexico you're on free talk live was that uh earlier was that uh uh, jack in washington or jack in in washington which one you know the gay the gay uh busboy dishwasher dude yeah that was jack in washington (laughs) jack jackin in washington that's what i thought yeah yeah hey I wanted to make it, since he was trying to communicate a message uh, about my children last week or whenever it was, I want to make sure that they got the message because it was kind of ambiguous. So maybe we'll make it perfectly clear. Uh, My son, uh, David Olson Jr., and his sister, Paisley Olson. Hey, guys, Jackin in Washington wanted you guys to know that you should have never been born. That's what Jackin was saying, because he should, said that I should never have children, so that means that you should never be born. I just wanted to make sure that Jackin in Washington got his message clearly to David Olson Jr. and Paisley Olson in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Thank you, Jackin in Washington. All right, David. Did you have anything else? Well, I was going to talk about guns, but Jackin in Washington <laughs> called in. Okay. Well, I'll let yeah. you talk about the guns. What about them? Buy them. Buy Buy them because this. You guys have just laid out how this economy is eventually going to crash because it can't go on forever like this because it's fake, artificial, propped up. And so the only thing that's going to save your scrawny little asses like Jackin in Washington, you know the gay <laughs> busboy dishwasher guy. Um, the only thing that's going to save the scrawny asses like Jackin is if you buy guns and have food and have a plan. That's the only thing that's going to save you. Okay. So to be fair guns. though, to Thanks, be fair David. though, David, Jackin Washington. Does have Jackin a job. In Washington. Yeah, he he does Jackin, have a job. Jackin. Okay, thank you, David, for the call tonight. So I mean, he he's a step up there. I mean, you don't have a job, do you, David? I don't know. So, he's gone now, but yeah. Uh, he, yeah. Yeah, I never thought about that. If he ha- had a job, 
I, I, well, I think he doesn't because then he, he would have to cheap. pay child support for kids yeah. that he's not allowed to see, which, to be fair, is a good reason not to yeah. pay child support. Yeah. I don't get the impression he's on welfare, though. No, I think he yeah, just... Yeah, he lives calls. off grid. Yeah. He lives off grid very, very cheaply. Uh, yeah, I, like he yeah. called a few weeks ago to, or months ago to talk about how it was like 40 degrees in his yeah. camper <laughs> at night or something. I'm like, dude. He's in up. the Conan Club. <laughs> dude, Conan, Conan's eccentric. Uh, David's crazy. <laughs> There's a huge, huge gap there between Is the there? two. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, speaking of crazy, uh, Marilyn Manson allegedly used a Nazi whip to torture Evan Rachel Wood, she says, and he made her drink his blood. In a report here from Mediaite.com, Wood has named Manson, whose legal name is Brian Warner, as her abuser, claiming he, quote, started grooming me when I was a teenager and horrifically abused me for years. You know, there's almost nothing you could say about Marilyn Manson or Brian Warner and his sexual proclivities that I would be shocked by, Mm -hmm. unless you're like... Every night he brought me flowers and chocolates. I'm like, Marilyn Manson did that? But you're like, he beat me with Nazi whips and made me drink his blood. I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, what what were you expecting when you got... Have you seen Marilyn Manson? That's not true. I was terrified of him as a kid. He has an album called Smells Like Children. What did you expect? (laughs) Yeah, and she, I guess, was a teenager, apparently, when she met him. But wasn't she like 19? Maybe. Uh, I, that sounds kind of familiar. I, I, I remember we it... talked about this. I think it was us three on the show, and we mm. talked about this Rachel Evan Rachel Wood. For some reason, she has just no proof of any of the things she's claiming, and it and it just well, I, I mean, how how would she have proof that Marilyn Manson beat her with a whip with Nazi symbols on it or whatever? There right? was other things she claimed, though. I don't remember what all it was. I just remember thinking it was weird that she she's was probably... claiming it so late. Yeah, she's probably exaggerating the age thing. I don't know how old she was when they hooked up, but as far as you know, he's he was violent. He was always coked out of his mind. Well, yeah, have you have you have you seen the guy? Right. I mean, you knew that getting into it, right? You had to have idea. known that. Like, I I was just a little kid. I didn't know things about sex or drugs or Nazi whips, mm-hmm. and I was just like terrified of Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Not gonna date him. Not gonna date right. him. Well, uh, now look, I. As I understand it, she wanted to act out, right? Like she wanted to be the bad girl, right? Well, okay, you got what you wanted. Yeah, it sounds familiar. I think she said something like, oh, I was just a teenager and I was acting out. She wanted to upset her parents. She wanted to go date this guy that was going to upset her parents, right? Wasn't that part of this this story? It doesn't mention Why it would it update, upset version. her parents if he was not a bad boyfriend? Yeah, I, well, I mean, he could, he could have been a good boyfriend. I mean, there's people like, you know, Trent Reznor out there who are just as messed up as Marilyn Manson, but... The, they don't give off, I, I might lock you in the basement for six days while I'm coked out of my mind vibes like Manson does. Oh yeah. God. And, you know, if he beats you one time and then you go back, I just, I'm sorry. I, you want I won't this, go that right? far. It's, there's different it, things yeah, in play. It's complicated. Well, we should talk about it another time. We're out of time tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. Freetalklive.com. Just go home.